Welcome to First 100K, the show where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, digging deep to find the tools, tactics, and superpowers that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I have the privilege to help hundreds of entrepreneurs to start, launch, and grow their businesses. Today, our featured guest is fearless entrepreneur, Sam Wax. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, brother. Tell us really quickly uh, the industry that you're in, your current business. Sure. So my name's Sam Wax. I'm the owner of My Easy Mortgage. Uh, we are a, a wholesale-led mortgage company where we write loans in the state of Florida for people that are ready to buy a home or refinance or anything that has to do with residential real estate. Generally, we're a good resource. Got it. Love it. So I like to start our show out this way. Take a minute and share with us something personal that very few people in your business life know about you. I love that, <laughs> well, aw that well, awkward pause. That's hilarious. Wasn't expecting that. Um, I could be an introvert at times. So, uh, you know, when you're out in the public and you're speaking with people all the time and you're going out and you're calling on realtors or financial advisors and you're really out there, every once in a while you love to get away. Who? Who does? You do? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. oh I do. And uh, Netflix. I will binge watch a Netflix show <laughs> uh, and I will binge watch the entire night in order to get through a series. What? I will do it. All right. So what's the, the current uh, binge? I'm, I'm actually a little embarrassed. Uh, Orange is the New Black. You do not. I, I, I'm through uh, season four. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I, I got to say, um, I just went through Scandal. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was like, uh, some girl I'm friends with, she got me into it. And I was like, I totally don't want to watch Scandal. The world's already ridiculous. And then, man, it's like cocaine. They, they just put this addictive lore in these shows and you're like i need more what happens what happens it's like so i get you the I the marvel you. ones the uh the uh iron fist or the daredevil yeah i'll just i'll just spend 24 to 48 hours just watching the entire thing so yeah i just can't can't get off of it i i still don't understand that whole iron fist thing but that's not what our show is about <laughs> our show is about how you made your first $100,000, Sam, okay? So let's get down to business here. How much revenue approximately did your business do last year? Last year, we were at about $1.1 Got it. And what are you on track to gross this year? This year, we're probably going to hit about $1.4 to $1.5. Awesome. Yeah, congratulations. So not bad considering that we're relatively a small company that is, we, we like to treat everybody like a name instead of a number. Love that, right? Got it. All right. So, Sam, you know, we all love to listen to the mega millionaires, the billionaires, right, about how they made all their millions and billions. However, we struggle to relate to them, right? Because 90% of us are still here struggling to make our first $100,000. You get you, that, right? You can't get up to a, a million until you've made 100000 <laughs> Yes. Yes, that is for sure. So take us back to when you were struggling to make your first 100K. Paint us a vivid picture and tell us that story. So getting started in the mortgage business, it's difficult to find a good mentor, mm. somebody who can really 
that you can relate to that's been there, done that, and um, that someone who you can really rely on to give you direction. And I found that person in a guy named Skip Wiley. Skip. Skip. Great name. Wiley on top of it. Skip Wiley. So uh, Skip's down in Fort Lauderdale. And Skip became a true mentor, and he broke it down for me. He said, look, if you want to do this, this is what you need to do on a daily basis. Mm. And this is how many people you need to speak to and so on and so forth. And uh, I remember getting that, that W-2 and saying, okay, I did it. Now, where do I, where do I go from here? Um, you know, I don't want to be in a hard eight for the rest of my life. You mm. know, on a scale of one to ten, most people try to get to a ten, and then eventually they get to an eight. And then they just settle on just being an eight. How mm-hmm. do you get to continue to be a 10? Yeah, they're like, this is good enough. I got further than I thought, even though I set a bigger goal. And that's been, that's always the struggle is you you get to that 100,000. And the next step is, okay, well, where am I going from here? Mm. Um, how do I how do I get to the next? Because the economy is not going to slow down for me. Yeah. And it's almost, isn't it a kind of a decision at that point when you get to that 100K? Because that's the struggle, right? Like, that's your only focus. I got to get past that. Gotta get past. And then when you get there, it's almost like, okay, do I actually want to create a business here? A lifestyle business? Or am I going to take this bigger? Do I want to hire people? These types of questions start to show up. Oh, and, yeah. and you really get to sit with yourself and your intention. What do you want to take this business? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So what showed up for you there? Uh, then the next step was uh, 300000 was the next mark. And that took a little longer to get to, a significant amount of time to get to. Gotcha. Um, but uh, but 100000 is is so doable in so many different industries. It's just a matter of having the right price point mm. and, uh, and just having the right plan and then working on that plan and and without just getting blinders on. You have to be wearing blinders in order to get to where you want to go. How do you mean that, blinders, specifically? So, uh, you know, you really can't tell on the radio, but uh, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You, you can't let little things uh, get in your way. Uh, so on a daily basis, I set up a, a checklist of things that I want to accomplish. Okay. And I won't stop until I'm done. Um, and you wind up with a little bit of OCD mm. with your checklist that I have to get this done today. Um, and if you don't, you just feel like your day wasn't an accomplishment. Like you just you just got nothing done. You could have your biggest sale of the year that one day. Yeah. But if you don't get through your entire checklist, then you. you okay. Know. Okay. So I'm hearing what you're saying, but you sound you're occurring to me. As this like one percent of the individuals out there that are that self-disciplined, that no matter what or how good you did for the day, you're still gonna finish the commitment for the day. Where most people, they land that big whale of a client, they're like, "Yes, yes. I'm taking off the rest of the week." <laughs> you, you've got to, you've got to have discipline if you want to hit certain numbers. You have to have discipline. Um, that would be my my first rule of you have to have discipline, you have to have uh, goals and, and, and discipline to hit those goals. Did you always have that, or is that something you learned? I learned. Okay. I mean, that's, How did you learn that? Just by setting the right goals, knowing where I wanted to be in life in 5, 10, 20 years. Most yeah. people don't set goals. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm going to get a tattoo, uh, and I'm not – I don't worry about the consequences. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
it's just let's just do it. Um, and I'm one of those people. I think of five years from now. I think of ten years from uh. now. I think of fifteen, which gets me in trouble when in dating. I, I will tell you that. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. But this is a business show, so we'll keep it business. <laughs> so uh, on the first date, you're like, so what kind of wife are you going to be? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what cruise are we going on when we're 65 years old uh, and talking yeah. about our grandkids? Got it. Okay. So that works for business, not for dating. Correct. Got it. Correct. Okay. Cool. Generally doesn't work that way. <laughs> okay. So like really take us back there, right? Because our... My listeners, they definitely want to hear about the struggle, right? Because many of them are still in that place where they haven't transitioned over to going from complacent to disciplined. So, like, describe yourself before you got disciplined. How did you used to occur in business? Fly by the seat of my pants. Okay. Um, get done whatever I had to do to get by. Mm. Um, make sure the bills were paid. Mm-hmm. And not pay myself first. And that actually became a big mantra. There's a book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. And you have to pay yourself first. Otherwise, why are you working? Mm. Um, and that, that book actually was a, was a really powerful book for me. I, this is back in the early 90s uh, that I read it. Um, and just being true to yourself and being honest and authentic with your clients. Um, How do you mean that? So I have a good friend of mine who's with a large bank. Mm. And if you look me up on social media, I there's no filter. Um, there's no, um, you get to see everything pretty much. You see, you know, pictures of me with my son. You see, um, you know, I'm not posting what I, what I eat every night, but you see that we took a trip to Japan. You take, you, there's an authentic part of me that I think my clients and my friends see um, uh, that uh, you have to kind of let yourself out there. Um, and people want to help. People want to help you become successful. Mm. But you have to let them in. So uh, the argument that's showing up for me right now is, yeah, but I'll do that when I get to X amount. Then I'll start to let people in. I'll be more transparent and visible and everything. But right now I'm in hustle mode. Like I'm in ugly mode, right? I'm messy. I'm, I'm just bootstrapping. I don't want people to know that I drive the beater car. I don't want people to see that, right? I want them to believe I'm something I'm not yet, right? Fake it till you make it. I think the people that you really want to do business with, I think the people that um, – they want to see honest. They want to see authentic. Um, you know, the car before I'm the car I'm driving right now. I drove a minivan. I drove a paid-off minivan for for five years. Um, and but I'll tell you, it had the stow-and-go seating, where <laughs> you could put a full sheet of, of drywall in that thing with the seats were down. That was pimp. It was unreal. Um, but I, I don't Great think for dating. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, but I, but I'll tell you when you're, if I pull up in that car versus pulling up in a Mercedes, mm. if my client truly cares about the car that I'm driving, I got to be honest with you. I probably don't want them as a client. That's easy to say. However, when you got bills to pay, if you keep that mentality that I really don't want them as a client, 
So I'm a big believer in life. It's okay to punt on first down. Meaning, Break for those down. football fans, normally you're going to go for it on first down, second down, third down. Well, I'm of the belief that if you don't believe that you're in the right position, you don't believe that you even really want to be in that game, punt on first down. Great example, uh, in my industry, I get smaller loans every once in a while. I may get a loan of thirty or $40,000. Mm. There's no good wholesale market for that. So I'll refer it over to a good buddy of mine, um, and I'll, I'll punt. And people will say, well, why would you not want to at least bid on it? Because I'm not the right guy. So I punt. Um, if you're not the right person, or I'll give you another great example. when, Or if they're not the right client. If they're not the right client, exactly. So my dad uh, had a company years and years and years ago. And I remember this vividly as a kid. I think I must have been six or seven years old. Hmm. And my sister, who's three years old, uh, younger than I am, she was crying in his office, and a client came in to, to pay uh, their, their bill. Hmm. And the client said to my dad, look, you shouldn't bring your kids into, uh, into your business. My dad kicked that guy to the curb so quick. It was such a great example to me of, look, if you can't handle life, if you can't handle people uh, you know, being real, being real yeah. then honestly, you, know, you shouldn't really be in business anyway. Or you shouldn't really be a client anyway. You know, that's, uh, that's the way I look at it is you want clients that are, gonna, that are going to uh, that are going to appreciate you as a person. Mm. Um, but it's authentically same, who you are. Authentically who Even I am. Even when you're ugly. I'm a, I'm a family guy. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that I won't do for my son. He turns 17 this month. Awesome. Uh, there is nothing that I won't do for him. And I let that be transparent out in social media. Mm. Uh, when I'm talking with clients and I ask about their kids, generally they usually ask about mine. I have no problem. I don't hold back. So did you start living and acting and being this way prior to $100,000, your first 100 revenue, or kind of like that's how you're, doing, you're choosing it now because you're over a million? It's what brought me over 100000 Really? Was people- Being this authentic, transparent, this is who I am, like it or not, you fit or you don't, and being very clear- with people about it. That's right. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. You have to be who you are. And if you're going to be the term fake it till you make it. Yeah. Just not a believer of, um, as long as you're a good person and people can see that you're a good person and they can see people want to genuinely help you succeed and hit your goals. Mm. And, uh, and the people that, the people that wouldn't want to, well, they wouldn't be good clients for you anyway. Now, what? A, okay, okay, I get that. But there's plenty of good people out there that don't succeed. They just don't have the right medium. Maybe they don't have the right product. Mm. Uh, maybe they're just in the wrong position. So I have a philosophy. I have, uh, I have 11 employees, mm -hmm. and I visit with my employees all the time. They're all probably going to hear this. Got it. I visit with them all the time about, do you love what you do? Do you legitimately, do you love working here? And do you love your position here and what you do? 
because the day that you don't, you have to let me know. Because if you're not happy, then is there something else within the company that you can do that would make you happy? And honestly, if this isn't for you, then I'll keep you on as long as you need to in order to find you another job, find you another position with another company. Because having happy employees makes for happy clients. Got it. That's bold. That's a really bold way of doing it, especially if you know they want to exit and you're still going to keep them on and pay their payroll, right? Their salary until they find something that fits them elsewhere. That's like, that's almost like losing money. No, it's not no longer, it's no longer investing in someone who's going to bring back to you. So how does, uh, you know, one of our listeners wrestle with that? It's, Everyone has, uh, everyone should be happy with their job. And it's always more than just the money. If you treat your business about more than just money, then you'll succeed. Mm. Just a belief. Um, I, had, I had somebody who was answering, their, answering our phones, and we were hoping to bring them to a uh, multiple levels up of processing files and uh, talking with customers and so on and so forth. And eventually, about three or four months into being with me, she said, look, this isn't for me. I, I want to get into the mental health uh, profession. And I said, wow, okay. That's so much different. Way left field. Yeah. Um, so I said, well, how long do you want to stay? She's like, well, I haven't found anything yet. I'm like, well, okay, we'll keep on doing your job, and we'll keep you going until you're ready. Wow. And she did. Now, were there concerns about trust and things like that? Absolutely. But I wasn't going to kick her to the curb. Um, now, what about knowing? Like when someone has one foot out, they're normally not giving 100% of themselves. Would you agree with that? General, gen, generally, yeah. yes. Okay. So how is that a good business decision then for you as an owner? Well, losing that person entirely, everyone else would have to take up the slack regardless. Yeah. So if they're two tenths or three tenths of the person that they were when you, when they were being a, an entire person, it's generally still better than okay. not having the help at all. I get that. All now, right. as long as they're going to be loyal to the company. So I remember back, um, I had, uh, when, when my son was getting treated for cancer, this is going back, mm. uh, years ago, so this would have been uh, 2001, um, I had an employee who decided that he was going to start his own mortgage company from within my office mm -mm. while I was up in New York getting my son treated. And I was flying back and forth every weekend. Mm. So I, I have a lot of friends, and one of my friends said, uh, and I'm very blessed to have a lot of friends. I don't, don't take that lightly. Sure. Uh, one of them said, hey, can you check out this website? And then I see this guy's, this guy's face on the website. Flew back in for the following week, got into the office at 6 o'clock in the morning, packed up every file that he was working on, and told him to get out. Took back his key, told him, here's, here's, all, your, here's all your files you're currently working on, even the ones that, are, that, that the company is, is, has a right to. Just get out. Never want to see you again. And uh, 
uh, a buddy of mine, I still go to lunch with old employees and uh, from years ago, mm. and he bumped into him over at a supermarket, and the guy was talking all kinds of bad things about me. Mm. And uh, my, uh, my buddy that was also an employee there at the time said, you know what, honestly, you, you did wrong, and, uh, and you know, karma will, will get you. You got caught in it, and you know so many people. And I think that's one of the reasons why the world isn't working. We don't want to take responsibility uh, for when we make those poor decisions. Absolutely, you know, it's kind of like, oh, there's nothing wrong. Why are you acting like there's something wrong? Right, it's like because there's something wrong. <laughs> you just screwed me over. <laughs> anyway, okay. So uh, describe to us your biggest fail prior to your first hundred thousand dollars. Biggest fail before a hundred thousand dollars. I spent more time listening to tapes and uh, back then cassette tapes before uh, podcasts like this show. Before podcasts (laughs) on how to be a better salesperson. Yeah, and spending less time on with a mentor to get me to where I needed to be. Mm. So I was listening to Zig Ziglar all day long, yeah. or I would listen to um, whoever it might be. Now, how is that a fail? Because like you're training yourself in sales, which is the the bread and butter of the company. It is, but I would have gotten a, there a lot faster had I not latched on to the right person. And you know, it. Um, good friend of mine, his son, is. Just an amazing, I call him a kid, but now he's in his 20s. Um, amazing kid and graduated from Florida State, bunch of degrees, and asked me, what should he do for a living? Mm. And I said, honestly, you should lock yourself in a in a room for three months, take every trade magazine that you can and every book that you can, figure out what the trend is going to be. What trend do you want to get into for the next five years, 10 years, 15 years, and 20 years, and then go to work for somebody as an apprentice, either for free or to minimum wage, because you'll learn more from that one person than you would going back to school for that occupation, or, and with no student no student loan debt. Coming out with the debt. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's actually one of my faults, is I didn't latch on to a mentor quick enough mm. and I probably would have gone into a hundred thousand faster had I latched on to the right person at a at a at a fast I would have been a much faster pace. I get that. How long did it take you from a day one in your business to your first one hundred K? Four years. Wow. That's long. I get that. I yeah. get that. Yeah. So you could have accelerated that and shortened the pain and the learning curve had you brought on a mentor. Absolutely. In your industry. Absolutely. I get it. That's great advice. Yeah. And if you're in a sales-based industry, in a service-based industry, mm-hmm. um, spending more time on on finding clients and clients client acquisition, you can't be the expert that I am today when you first get into the industry. Right. Uh, it it just takes time. The best thing that you can do by latching onto the right mentor is They'll teach you the business. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is go find clients. Mm. Go find go find clients that you can help. Okay. Yeah, I get that. 
What would you consider uh, your biggest aha moment that pushed you over the $100,000 mark? It's a great question. All right, got all these great questions. You know, I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> uh, best aha moment. Um, realizing where my target was on who I wanted to go who I wanted to meet, who could introduce me to, uh, to clients. So mm -hmm. instead of going after clients directly, um, going after and, and learning how to work with my referral partners and being an amazing resource of driving clients their way. So uh, the insurance agents of the world, the mm -hmm. financial advisors of the world, the accountants and CPAs, the realtors of the world, really learning about their business. And that was my aha moment was, you know what, you can go direct consumer. But at the end of the day, if I can get the right financial advisor, who's going to give my clients good advice, it's a, it's a better ref I, I started working more on referrals mm. than I did on anything else. And uh, instead of going direct consumer of just trying to meet everybody in the world, when your financial advisor that you've got $100,000 with says, call Sam Wax, you need to refinance, your interest rate's too high. You just do it. Right. Um, that's why you're paying that guy. That's why you're paying that guy. So that's, th that's probably my biggest aha moment is hmm. directing who I wanted to meet with, uh, who did I want to, uh, how did I want to market myself appropriately? Yeah, so I get that. So what I'm hearing you say is uh, you really focused on setting up your referral network. Mm -hmm. Whether you described it as that or not, it was like, okay, let me learn about these partners I really want around me, mm -hmm. and let me learn about their business, how I could help them and theirs, and in doing so, law of reciprocity, right, eventually they're going to start referring their clients to me when it comes to mortgages. That's that right. right. That's exactly right. Got it. And that makes sense because that recur uh, that creates a recurring pipeline of new leads for you mm -hmm. almost effortlessly. So it's a lot of front end work, building the relationships and everything like that. But then it's like, boom, for the next five, 10, 20 years, you could just have these leads dripping in. I still get phone calls from 15 years ago. Whoa. Um, that that's a great ROI. It's <laughs> and, and it, it, it really, it's a, it's a pat on your back as far as reputation goes. Yeah, it is, right? 15 years later and you haven't screwed up that much? Uh -huh. That's like, that's saying something, bro. Absolutely. So cool. So it's easy to have aha moments and then do nothing about them, right? That's right. Um, but it, it's much harder, right? To execute it, to make it real out in the world. Walk us through the details of exactly like how you made one of those aha moments happen. Right? Something that you could easily talked about and like, I'm going to create a referral network. Right. I'm a I'm a figure out who I want to surround myself with, but then actually going out and doing the work it takes to build the relationships without the money coming in. That's different altogether, isn't it? It is. I mean, you wind up working on ramen noodles for, for a <laughs> while to to get things uh, to get things where you need them to be. And we've all had. those. So is moments. that what you did? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But but what I did was a little bit different. So you could spend all of your time cold calling and trying to meet people. um, my my philosophy was a little bit different. It's still the same as it was back then. It's let's um, let's call up existing people that I know. So the insurance agent that I know that I, that I knew, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. I would uh, call them up and I'd say, uh, hey, Gary, um, you know, do you have a quick minute? I'm looking to increase my uh, my business. I want to grow my business and I could use some help. Um, do you have a, a really good CPA that you'd wind up? Uh, be, would you feel comfortable making a warm introduction to a local CPA that you know really well? Or would you give me a warm introduction to a, uh, to a realtor? Like who's the best realtor that you know mm. that you wouldn't mind grabbing a cup of coffee with me and them? Mm. Um, we can all make cold calls, but at the end of the day, think about it. You get a phone call from somebody you don't know, automatically your defenses are up. Yeah. But when Gary, your insurance agent, calls up and says, hey, I want to have coffee with you. And also there's uh, there's a buddy of mine, Sam. I've worked with him for the past uh, past year. And I think that you guys uh, might hit it off. Would you mind doing that? And it just it's just an easier way. Well, look, we, we live in a social media uh, industry. I, uh, not industry. Uh, society. So society. Yeah. And in a social media society, most people don't even form their own opinions. They go with everybody else. Mm -hmm. So when your insurance agent- Social proof. Social proof. They want yeah. social proof. Yeah, I get that. So I love that. So if you're listening right now, you know, we're speaking with Sam Wax, and Sam is sharing some really, you know, wisdom nuggets here, I would say. Wisdom right? nuggets. I wisdom love it. nuggets, man. Because what you just shared is really powerful. Like if you're just getting going- in your business, regardless of the industry, Sam's in the, the mortgage industry. So what's your industry that you're getting going in? Step one, go out there and start creating these partnerships, this partner network around you. Start with the people you already know. So who is someone that you know and trust in, within your space, within your network, right? So if you're going into mortgages like Sam, then, okay, who's a great insurance agent that I know that I really trust this guy or gal? And then sit, give them a call and say, hey, listen, I want to grow my network. I want to grow my business. Who do you recommend as far as a good CPA? So now you're, you're, you're leveraging the one guy or one referral uh, partnership that you already have in place to get the second one. Absolutely. And then when you get the second one, you ask him, hey, who do you know that's really good at what? X, right? Whatever it might be, whatever, whatever industry you're in. Right. And, and, and find out who are those different niches, who in those different niches that you really want to create that network around yourself. I think that is so simple and brilliant and very overlooked. And it, you have to use the, referrals. the right terminology. How so? so? I need your help. It's such a powerful mm. statement. It's, it's so human, right? I need your help. And then the word because because so when you're yeah. a, when you're a kid and um and you do something and w you do something wrong or you do something right whatever it might be and your parent doesn't want you to do it or if you ask a question what what do they usually uh, they'll say well why why not because why because why because why because because is such a powerful word that doesn't get used in the appropriate context in most, most cases. Mm. But if you use the word help and you use the word because, this is why I'm trying to do it. I need your help, and here's why I'm trying to do it. It's so easy. It's just a matter of staying disciplined, like we talked about mm. earlier. 
and actually doing it. I've got somebody who's a UT grad who's been with me for about a year, year and a half, and she's only 22 years old. Um, she is just a bubble of joy. She is just um, every every time I speak with her, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. I am doing amazing. And she could be having the worst day in the world. Yeah. But she's still, hi, how are you? Um, it's a decision. She is just an amazing human being. And her, um, so she's a UT grad. And she says, well, I don't know where I'm going to get a business. Where I'm going to what? Where I'm going to get business. Where am I going to, she's licensed. She works Got with it. me. How is she going to find your clients? And I, I, we've had this conversation a few times. And it's really simple. It's, okay, how many, all of the people that you know over at UT, were you friends with them? Yes. Okay. Would they be willing to introduce you to possibly their parents? Yes. Would they be willing to introduce you you to the person that does their car insurance? Yes. Would they be able to introduce you to the person that does their taxes? Yes. It's it's not very difficult. We're more connected. Mm-hmm. The Kevin Bacon theory is – I actually think the six de- – six Degrees. Degrees. Of separate. I actually think it's three or four. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I realized that myself uh, just this past weekend, right, Uh, in a specific industry that I do another podcast in. uh, We just had the top celebrity, if you would call him that, author, speaker, whatever in the world, uh, just show up here at our church in Tampa, Florida to give a talk because my close friend, Rob, uh, is two degrees from him. And Rob set that up. I had no idea that Rob had that connection. That's fantastic. And then that guy shows up. I meet that guy and I say, hey, I want to invite you to be a guest on my podcast. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Here's my agent, you know, or whatever, you know, just set it up with my guy, Ken. And it's like he agreed to come on my podcast, the top guy in that space. And it's like that was three degrees away. Most people want to be connected. I truly believe there's a reason you get. 100 LinkedIn contacts a month, or you receive X amount of mm-hmm. Facebook requests per month. We're all looking month. for connection. We are. We're social beings. I get that. All right. So what was the best business advice you ever received prior to 100,000? The three-second rule. All right. Break it down real quick. Three-second rule. Go. Skip. You have three seconds. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Skip Wiley taught me the three-second rule. And I don't always... Don't always do it well Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you ask a question don't give a quick answer count to three first before you give your answer oh so you were doing it with me a second ago i got it and what's the benefit of this three second rule you're actually thinking about what you're going to say and you've thought you've actually uh thought about what the person said so you've acknowledged so my 17 year old Mike, uh, did you do all your homework? No. Did you do all your homework? Yes. Mike, do me a favor. Consider what I just said first Mm. for a second. So uh, wait three seconds before giving me that answer so that at least I know that you're acknowledging what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. So So how has that helped in business for you? People want to be heard. Yeah, they do. So clients, customers. Clients, customers, referral partners, family members, employees, everybody wants to be heard. And if you take the time to actually listen, 
without giving a quick response. Mm. Think about all the times that we've said something to someone and we wish that we hadn't. <laughs> what, have you been following me? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. I get that. I like that. Three-second rule. So if you're listening now, Sam, another wisdom nugget right there. You know, take three seconds before you respond to people in your life. Do it in your personal life. Do it in your professional life. See how your life changes. See how your business changes from something as simple as the three-second rule. Pretty cool. Sam, share one of your daily habits back then that helped you to get to where you are today. Daily habit. Daily habit. Uh, let's see. Brushing my teeth is always uh, always a good one. I don't think that's really the direction you were looking at. No, um, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I make lists. Okay. Um, I've, I'll make lists uh, before I go to bed at night of what I want what I want accomplished the following day. Mm. It allows me to sleep at night. Yeah. It um, empties out your brain, right? Your your mm -hmm. mind and everything. Yeah. I only have so much capacity. <laughs> Same. There, there's a capacity. I probably issue. have less than you. Okay. I don't I don't know about that. <laughs> um but I think that that's, that's so important to create really good lists. Not not lists of um uh, unless you're dieting, you know, but not not lists of what are you gonna eat the next day, but mm -hmm. Um, you know what? I really should call Ed. I haven't talked to Ed in a while. Let me, I'm going to make sure to call Ed tomorrow. Mm. Or I really need to sell my Bruno Mars tickets because I decided, <laughs> I decided I could get a premium on it. I don't want to sell. I don't even want to think about it. I want to get them, get it out of my head. So, so it's almost an emptying night. of your mind onto paper. Yes. Just a clearing of sorts. And then earlier when we started the show, you said, you will not complete the, the work day until all those things on your list are completed. That's right. Got it. That's right. Okay, even down to the smallest thing. What if the day doesn't go your way and you're running out of time, you're exhausted, you got to go pick up the kids, but you still have four items to go? You'll make them happen. There's um, always a, there's always a way a to make them happen. That's a shift. It's, got it. Uh, and, and you know what? So I don't go to bed until 11, 12, or 1. I got them done. And you kept your integrity to your word. Yeah. I get that. So what's your favorite website, app, or digital resource you would recommend to our listeners and why? Besides fantasy football, so we'll, it won't be RT sports. Uh, Business related to help them get over the 100,000 mark. You know, I just don't, I don't spend a lot of time on surfing the web maybe that's one of the reasons i have the time to hit my check marks what about your, an app or something on your phone <laughs> i love that you're checking your phone I, you know it's like what's on my phone what's on my phone um <laughs> uh you know we're, we're big into technology so we're big into using slack okay uh we're big into using uh whatsapp or whatever way the client wants to communicate with us got it um so different like client communication apps. Client communication like apps. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Duolingo. Say that again slowly. D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O. Duolingo. So one of my goals uh, in the next six months is to be proficient at Spanish. Well, that is my new... Think about it. If you knew one extra language, mm. how much would that help you in business? Well, think about that, right? So let's say I knew Spanish. 
all of a sudden that opens up the entire Hispanic community as far as potential clients yes. that are not open to me right now. Yes. So that's that's one of my goals in the that. next six months. So, so Duolingo is a free app that uh, you spend 15, 20 minutes a day. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you just get that much better. And I won't I won't say anything on the air right now because it'll sound terrible. But but generally, uh, I think that's my app of choice right now. That's now. Will that help me make an extra hundred thousand? I I actually believe so. Yeah, and I get that, and I actually get what the name means. Duolingo now is second language. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, Sam, we're about to enter the hustle round. Hustle. Yeah. So the hustle round is I'm going to ask you twelve quick quick fire questions. And you'll have three seconds to answer each first thing that comes to you. Are you ready? So don't use the three-second rule in this case. Do not use the three-second rule. Let's Otherwise, go. I'll be on to the next question. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, here we go. What's your favorite sound? Uh, the sound of my phone ringing. <laughs> What's your least favorite sound? Uh, the sound of an airplane going over my, over my house. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? like my dad in, in uh, financial industry. Got it. What are you most afraid of? Claustrophobic. Hmm. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Playing games. Stay off Facebook. <laughs> what secret fear do you have about people? Uh... God, I have no idea. Your eyes bulged. Yeah. <laughs> That's a personal question, right? Yeah. I have we no all idea. have fears about people, how we occur to them or how they occur to us. Rep, um, attacks on my reputation that aren't, aren't warranted. So false ac accusations. False accusations. Got it. So even though I've got a great reputation, uh, I still worry about that. Yeah, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? How to read the numbers a little bit better, balance sheet, profit, profit mm -hmm. and loss, uh, more of the accounting side. Okay. What is a new habit that you want to form? Uh, learning Spanish. Yeah, I get that. What's a bad habit you want to break? Overeating. Hmm. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Genuine. Kind, loyal. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were back then. Selfish. Fly by the seat of my pants. Is that one word? Sure. Uh, and um, reckless. Wow. What a transition, huh? Really, transformation. Once you have a family. I get it. Imagine some time in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. One of the good guys. <laughs> Simple. And if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Come back to life. And share only one piece of advice with the people you love most. What would you say to them? Love just a little harder. Mm. Got it. 
Sam, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, my phone ringing, which is one of my favorite sounds. Uh, 813-505-7830. If you do a search on Sam Wax, S-A-M-W-A-X, I'm all over. My phone number's published all over the place. And what's the uh, your website for the business? It's myeasymortgage.com, M-Y-E-A-S-Y, mortgage spelled out, dot com. Got it. Sam, thanks for joining us today, and I wish you peace, love, and superpowers. Joseph, thanks so much for having me on. You got it. Cheers. Head over to first100k.com for even more tools, tactics, and tricks that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you on the next show. Oh, <laughs>